If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This episode of The Warriors Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, a local sports bar we fucking love. If you listen to this podcast, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans just makes that experience better. Look, watching a Warriors game on your own is fine. It's crazy fun. I've done it for years. But watching a game in a spot that lets me scream and cheer and just generally lose my shit with other Dub Nation fans is way more fun. COVID stole that from us for a while, and the ACO is giving it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens, and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge and legitimate TVs, and their full complement of great food, service, and drinks. It's big. It's comfortable. It's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes during this incredible warrior season, the NFL playoffs, or any other sport with fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food. I love their space. I love their TVs. I even love that it's basically family friendly. I can go here, get hammered with my friends and get too passionate, or I can roll with my wife and kid and just enjoy brunch while catching a game. The Athletic Club is now our go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and we hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You're in. Going to huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual. My boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Damnation? And our master of all things, Sound Maxine. How's it going? Gentlemen, I'm fired up to announce rejoining us after way too long. The co-host of the Morning Roast on 95.7 The Game. The most knowledgeable and passionate Bay Area sports guy we have. And a man who has quickly become my mom's favorite guest on this show mr joe shasky what's oh going on joe god. oh my god i love that your mom likes me that's awesome that makes me feel really 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 good now if maybe the other 99 percent of the audience actually liked me now i'd be cooking with some hot oil i don't mind telling you that that makes one of us who likes that my mom likes you so like right before we hopped on i'm talking to my mom she's nice enough to listen to the show we, we talk about it all the time and there's not a lot of people whose opinion i give a fuck my mom is definitely in that group so i casually mentioned yeah we got joe coming back on and i'll admit to you joe i was trying to impress her. i know that yeah. she likes you i know she listens to the show so it was meant to be as i was trying to trigger the exact reaction i got but then, I don't know, dude, 45 seconds, minute, at some point, the fear is just too effusive. It was just too much praise, too much for you. I kind of started disliking you. So we're starting in a weird place here, man. I don't mind telling you. Well, you know, I am the guy at the wedding that will will go to some of the other tables and, and grab somebody's mom and just start dancing <laughs> on the dance floor. You know, that's how we cut a rug. Let's do this. Like, what are we waiting for? Also, because my wife doesn't like making actual physical contact with me in public. So, you know, it's a twofer for me. Maxime, fucking cut that last segment. My mom will love that line. We cannot have that shit floating out there love at you, all. Mom. 
Boys, let's jump in. Let's start with the glass half full. Joe, you've done this with us a couple of times. What we're doing is looking back on recent Warriors basketball and giving out something you like or don't like or both. If you have a lot, I'll go first so I can steal the obvious. Here's something I like, boys. Having Clay fucking Thompson back in my life. Um, just across the board. I missed him and I forgot how much. I missed seeing his headbands. I missed seeing the fallaway jumper. I missed reading or listening to his quotes. There's just a better place my life goes with Clay Thompson in it. And so look, man, I'm on board. And I like that we're finally seeing the team as it was meant to be seen with Clay Thompson. Look no further than Andrew Wiggins. So look, I, I am a huge fan of Wiggins um, ever since he has established himself on both sides of the ball. You know how I feel about what he does for this team. But before Clay got hurt, we talked about who Wiggins could be as a third option, the type of wide open threes he would be getting. And we're starting to see that now. So it's not just what Clay has done for me, for the Warriors. It's also what he's done for everyone else around him. That's why I'll start. Joe, what do you got? Something you like, something you don't. Well, something I don't like is this Draymond Green news. I mean, you're talking about Klay Thompson coming back. I'm, like, so disheartened by the Draymond Green uh, revelation that it's not just a calf. It could be, you know, lower back, and, and, and we're worried about vertebrae and spine injuries. I mean, he was playing at an unbelievable level. And, look, I'll freely admit it. Draymond – from a coach's perspective, he does everything that I love. Like, everything I look for, I always tell my team, like, man, Draymond Green's the best rebounder. Not because he's the biggest, because he's the most fundamentally sound. He knows how to use his butt and box out. He communicates on defense. He's such a great passer and a playmaker. He's such a great teammate. And then he drives me completely nuts with some of the shenanigans that he does, which as a teammate I think I would love. And as a person on, you know, who's trying to be somewhat objective, watch this like Draymond, you can't kick Steven Adams in the nuts. Like, you just, you just can't do that. And you can't get suspended and, and catch the bait with LeBron James. But, like, he was playing at a high level, a high level this year. Like, this was a version of Draymond that reminded me of three, four, five years ago, pre-Durant Draymond. And to have this injury right now, we had the doctor on. We had Bob Myers on this week on the show, guys. And, and they're like, oh, you know, he's doing better. I'm just – I'm really worried about it. It sucks. I hope it's nothing. I hope I'm just being crazy. But, God, if Draymond's out, you just can't replace him. You just can't. You don't like to hear the word vertebrae when it has to do with injuries at all. You don't like changing injuries. You know, you don't like the team being like, I think it's a calf. Actually, it has something to do with his spine. Those are both concerning. And to make it a Venn diagram conversation, can't you see Draymond pulling the move at a wedding where he'd go over and like ask a mom to dance and make her like feel included and stuff? I see like him using the Joe Shasky playbook in that sense. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why I love Draymond. See, what's funny is my had a high school coach. I went to one of these games this is maybe a year or two ago, and I got my nephew with me, and he goes, uh, he goes, you know, Joe used to play for me. And my nephew's like, yeah, who did he remind you of? He's like, oh, Draymond Green. And I was like, what? Draymond Green? <laughs> Guard. He's like, all you did was talk smack to the officials and the <laughs> opponents the entire time. You thought you knew the rule book better than them. I was like, yeah, that's actually a pretty good point. If you had told me also in high school I punched somebody right in the dick, I would not have blew twice. I would have been like, oh, that makes perfect sense to me. That does not surprise me in any way, shape, or form. MT, what do you got? Um, I'm going to say that I dislike our road record. Um, we're we're definitely a, a home team right now, and Steph's slump kind of coincided with that, so hopefully not reading too much into it, but um, – there's just a lot of moving pieces right now. We're getting clay back and we've always talked about it. And Bob Myers has talked about it, about this is really going to be three different seasons, like us learning how to play um, with this new lineup. And then when clay comes back and, you know, when Wiseman comes back and it's just going to take a lot of adjusting on the fly in the middle of the season, which is not ideal. And then you add in these injuries that Joe was talking about. And it just, to me, the, the continuity uh, of that, that you need in order to be successful when it comes time to, to b basketball in June is being lost right now. And I know these are the, the dog days, uh, but to me, it's showing itself in our road record. We feed off of the, the chase crowd and, you know, the, the history of the Oracle crowd um, enough that it gets us by and it gets us to beat teams like Detroit, who we should beat handily. But I just get worried that all this change and um, if we end up with 
the second best uh, record in the West and we have to go to Phoenix for Western Conference Finals in seven games and we have to play a game seven in Phoenix with a healthy Chris Paul that it's going to just be tough. Joe, I should have given you this warning before we hit record. Pay no attention to how shitty Marcus's camera is. I, I find it really helpful to just close my eyes as he speaks so I don't get distracted by the Vaseline lens. But it is what it is. Um, and your concerns aren't falling on deaf ears, man. I don't like the use of the phrase slump when talking about Steph Curry. We'll talk about that a little bit down the line. But I hear where you're coming from. Maxine, what do you got? Uh, uh, I'm sorry if this comes off as obtuse, but I'm going to say that the uh, road record is actually something that I see as a glass half full. Like, Hey, that doesn't come off as obtuse. That comes off as fuck you, Marcus, which is my favorite way for something to come off. <laughs> Just trying to get combative here, you know? Um, no, I, I, I totally understand Marcus's concerns, and I think they're reflected by a lot of the uh, Warriors fan base. And look, you just said we'll come back to Steph's slump. And I think that's not a part of the conversation I'm trying to have here. I think he's going to come out of it. I think that's okay. And that's a separate concern. But quite frankly, what I see is a commitment on behalf of the entire you know, front office and Steve Kerr to you know, move Poole into the second unit and keep him there, right? And we could have we could have moved stuff around now that Draymond's not in the starting lineup to give him some more of those minutes to make him feel better, right? Because he was doing really great. But we want Poole to learn how to run the second unit. It's going to take some time. It's not going to happen overnight. We all knew there were going to be growing pains. These are the growing pains. I think the fact that we're seeing them start to work through it, I'm willing to take some losses. You have Draymond out of the rotation. I'm concerned about that injury. Look, right, one of our Patreon crew was saying, Oh yeah, I had some a similar thing and it was really painful. I had to go through surgery. The word surgery terrifies me, right? And then I also see 90% of people don't have any symptoms within six weeks. So like, there's a lot to be concerned. There's a whole spectrum within that. But I think ultimately what we're doing is we're seeing like, like MT said, the second phase, right? Clay is being reintroduced into the starting lineup. A lot of these guys were literally not on the team when Clay was uh, last playing basketball with the Golden State Warriors. So of course it's gonna feel a little bit different. Of course people's rotations, people's comfort levels with the squad are gonna change as people get shifted around. And I love that we're doing it in the dog days. I love that we're doing it on the road instead of in front of our home crowd. And I have all the faith in the world that come June, we're gonna be back to a really confident basketball squad. We're looking for things to be worried about. Injuries is one of them. Um, and I'll use another phrase here, although never listen to attorneys when they talk about fucking medicine. We think we know everything. We don't know <laughs> shit. But one of the things that's concerning about Draymond is radiculopathy. The, the idea that he's feeling things in his extremities because of a spinal injury is not good. But, you know, we'll let the doctors fucking figure that out. As far as this recent slump, I, I, I mean, their record, I agree actually more with Maxine. Um, we heard Steve Kerr use the phrase, I'm not chasing wins. That was over the last couple of years. But I think we're seeing something very similar right now. The goal of this team is not to have the best record they can possibly have in January. The, the goal of this team is to be ready to dominate in April. And so that they're playing around with these lineups and figuring out, you know, what works and what doesn't. I'm encouraged by it. I'm not worried about their record. But to uh, paraphrase Joe, if Draymond's not there, we are completely fucked. Uh, Joe, let me throw this back towards you because I think of you on an almost daily basis uh, with this concern. So something I don't like, my changed thoughts on Bialica. Every time he shoots a three now, I'm no longer screaming Bia Bia, right? I'm, I'm more screaming, fuck no. <laughs> so as the person who gave me that nickname, where are we on Bialica, man? Like, can I get my panties out of a bunch? Am I wearing for no reason? Are we getting him the fuck out of here? What's, what's going on with this guy? I'm not ready to like just get him out of here no he's not Omri Caspi but I do think he's matchup dependent like that's that's kind of where he's at mm. at this point and I think Juan Toscano Anderson and I'm gonna throw Damian Lee in that same mix I think all three of those guys for me you know who are we playing who's healthy you know who's sitting out on that particular night who's the matchup that he's gonna be attacking um you, what am I looking for on a particular night I think that they need to look at this this bench. Chioza, to me, non-factor. Like, just throw him to the side. But when it comes to Damian Lee, Bielitsa, and Juan Toscano-Anderson, I just think we've overexposed all three of those guys. Damian Lee started off red hot. Bielitsa started off really good. They're all searching right now, wandering the desert. And to think that Juan Toscano-Anderson is going to replicate what Draymond Green brings to the table, he's at like eight to ten minute break in case of emergency type of a player. I would much rather see Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody have larger roles. And when I mean large, I mean like more minutes, just a couple yeah. of more minutes. Like that's what I would rather see. I think it would be good for the, the, the short term and for the long-term growth of this team. And they got to get Wiseman back. 
you need a big like straight up you need a big you're talking about jordan Poole coming off the bench maxime and i i'm thinking and i'm just i don't know if they're ready to go there we asked bob myers do you tinker with you know gp2 starting jordan uh pool starting moving clay to like the four moving clay to the three wiggins to the four having more of a positionless basketball is it jonathan kaminga every single night like i think they need to kind of rethink how they're going to manage this stretch with draymond green out remember draymond got his opportunity because david lee went down and it was almost by necessity Mm -hmm. so maybe by necessity they might find some gold here this is where I'll agree with you, MT. Um, so it's so interesting how winning breeds like happiness and kumbaya, right? Rewind the clock about a month ago. And what I was saying is, I don't give a shit about the buyout market. I don't give a shit about Kevin Love. I don't give a shit about the John Walls. I don't care who's out there at all. I prefer Chioza to anybody. What Bielitsa means means more than India could possibly. Now, you know, a few losses in our pocket and I that that Kevin Love scenario is actually looking a lot more sexy to me than I'd previously thought. So, you know, we can't say that these losses aren't impacting us at all. But I will use that as a transition to something that I like, the Jonathan Kaminga kind of like lottery ticket experience. So, I've done the thing where you root only for development. I I did it for years. I decided that Anthony Randolph was going to be a Hall of Famer at one point in my life, you know? So, like, I've done that, and I've done the thing where you root for the team to gel and become a champion. We've had in the last five years. I haven't had both at the same time. And this Kuminga experience allows for both. You know, I'm going into each one of these hoping to see a championship team gel. But while I'm hoping for that, I'm also watching this guy whose future I believe in so fucking much slowly flower right before our eyes. So I'm, I'm on board for it. Um, and I'll give you one thing I don't like. Random, unexpected, unannounced surgeries to the knee of our supposed franchise center. I don't feel like that's the best thing to be happening right now. I'll take from your guys' stunned silence that you all agree. <laughs> Marcus, you're a pretty big fan of unnecessary surgeries. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was my glass half full take. Um, no, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I feel like there's some overreaction going on, too. I, I know the losses piled up in this last road trip, but we still have the second best record in the league. So scouring the market for free agents, I, I think is is a little too much right now. If you know Utah is fourth in the West Western Conference, if they were in the Eastern Conference, they'd be first. So you know, and we're ahead of three games ahead of them. So I think you know we have to keep it in perspective. Do do we need a big? Absolutely. Is it good that he had surgery? No. Is Draymond being hurt and you know the issue being back related? Good. Of course not. But. I think, you know, it's January. So as long as everybody is healthy and, you know, Clay finds his rhythm, he always starts off poor at the start of season anyway. So as long as he finds his rhythm around April, May and and Draymond's healthy um, and Steph is there and doesn't break his hand, I think we'll, we'll be in a good place. Am I being punked right now? Of the other three people on this podcast who was not going to agree with what I just said, I didn't think it was going to be fucking you. Weren't you <laughs> the person who said he was hella worried about the road record and all this shit? I was agreeing with you, MT. I'm just convincing yeah, but- as hell. What are you talking about? I you mean, were just talking about scouring. The, you you want to bring in Kevin Love all of a sudden. I, I think <laughs> slow down. Slow because down. of your concerns about the road record, I feel like it's not just your camera that's broken now. I feel like there's a whole miscommunication <laughs> thing that's going here. Let's push us forward, gentlemen. Let's go to the five golden questions. Joe, these are all questions that come to us from the audience. Uh, most of them have to do with the Warriors. Some of them get a little bit personal. This one is more Warriors-based, but we'll find out. I've actually sneaked a personal one in here, so it's not uh, it's not all Warriors. Here's our first quote. Everyone constantly used percentages of health when talking about Clay coming back. For example, if Clay is 50%, they'll be a top five team. If Clay is 70%, they'll be a top three team. Now that we have actually seen him play, what percentage do you put his health? I put it at you first, Joe. What do you think? Where is Clay at? Right now? Mm-hmm. I, I Forget the health portion. I think he's healthy. I mean, he's really healthy. I, I, I think he's about 75% um, offensively of, of what he used to be right now because he's only getting about 20 minutes and the shot just isn't falling. But I, I like what he's doing in terms of off the dribble, setting up for others, especially the last game with Wiggins last night. It felt like him and Wiggins started to get a little rapport, which was nice. 
for me, it's defensively. I, I think he's got a long way to go defensively. I'm a little worried about the lateral quickness. And this yep. is where I think I go more like we need to be more flexible with his positioning. I think we're so like, he's a two. That's what he is. He's a two. You sure about that? Like, I think GP2 should be guarding all the twos right yep. now. Like, if I had my druthers, I, I think he should be guarding the fours. I think yep. he should be guarding the threes. Like, Steph Curry don't guard all the point guards. Like, why are we so hell-bent on throwing Clay Thompson yep. on premier playmakers on the perimeter? Ease him into that. And that's the thing. The legs are going to kind of be the lasting conditioning in terms of legs. Yep. Not just offensive output. How much can you move around on defense and stay with those smaller guys I throw him on a lot of these stretch fours um, and, and kind of the lazier threes and just let him work his way up. So I think his legs on defense are like 50% right now. I mean, that's the way I would put it. I like that read. Um, I was going to say right about the same 75% and then the remainder is he'll get back as he knocks off the rest and he gets um, his wind underneath him. But I think what's really important about what you just said if, if we acknowledge or accept that maybe things have changed for him health, at least a little bit, you know, he's lost a step uh, perhaps. Things have also changed for the Warriors roster. Well, we don't need him to be that same guy defensively. We never had somebody like GP2. Wiggins is a real asset defensively out on the perimeter. So if, you know, we decide that maybe he's not going to reach the exact 100% level he was on the defensive end, we can still be confident that the Warriors can still be just as, as dangerous on that side of the floor. Uh, Marcus, Maxime, you guys agree? Yeah, I, I do. I think the thing... You know, we, we there have been a lot of comparisons to how Kevin Durant came back from his injury, right? And we saw him be at, people were saying right off the bat, something like 90% of who he was before. And there's a lot of excitement around that. And then you see a very friendly, player-friendly coach on the Nets, right, basically go out and say, like, play however many minutes you want. You want to play all 48? Go for it. And now we have a KDMCL sprain, right? And so if we're going to track one-to-one what's going on between Kevin Durant's return from injury and, and subsequent play and Clay's you know, there's reason to, like you said, really pull back on what he's doing on the defensive end because that's where you're going to have a lot of that stress, right? Clay isn't needing to do a ton on the offensive end. It's on the defensive end where we really sort of stretch his capabilities. But here's the thing is that, like you said, we have all of these alternatives um, to, to guard these players from from Gary Payton on down. And there's, I think, tons of reasons to be optimistic about moving him in slowly. And that's where I feel like if we're going to have the comp between KD and Clay end, it's going to be at that point because we have a really uh, team-friendly coach you might say, in Steve Kerr. MT, I'm going to change the question. I probably should have acknowledged this right up front. For those who are not Patreon supporters and are not watching on uh, the video, Maxime showed up with a very fancy background. Uh, what he has is a still shot of the three that Clay hit to end the half last night with Steph celebrating in the background. But here's my question for you, Marcus. Spoo didn't let us know that he was going to show up with a dope-ass background. Just kind of showed up to the video. Here he is. And now you and I look, I don't know, a little lesser and we weren't as technologically advanced. Did he owe us a call on this? I mean, should this fucker have at least given us an email or something like we're going to flip it up or no, it's fine to come with his A game and we're just being exposed. Also, I can't tell him. Do you have a background? Because who knows? Dude? I can't see anything that's going on. I have a warrior blue mic, so I don't know what you're doing. But um, yeah, he definitely should have gave us a heads up. But it's it's a great picture, so you can't hate. Um, but I'll have something next time around. It'll be blurry, but it'll be there. Yeah, shocking. Also, you're wrong. I can hate and am hating. Right now, <laughs> hating terribly. Let me give you a real question. because Oh, Joe, you're the professional. What do you think here, dude? Should he have told us? I mean, you know what? Keep them guessing. You know, keep them keep them on the bubble. You know, keep things fresh. I want to ask you guys: Did you guys forget how big Clay Thompson was? Because that was one thing that kind of struck me. And I'm not saying lumbering. I'm just saying height-wise and how thick he was. Like he he looks in great shape. I'm not saying he's not in great shape. I forgot how tall he was and just how much space he takes up as a human being. Like I I kind of forgot how big he was, um, having not seen him for the last two years. Like that's the one thing I've been. And, and maybe it's the afro too, but like. <laughs> or whatever that thing is on the top of the head. But I forgot how big he is. Very much so. Uh, not only did I forget how big he is, I forgot how good he is, Joe. I mean, I've, I've just gotten used to him not being there to the point where, like, when we lost games and we were talking about, oh, this person was missing, I didn't even list Clay through a lot of this year just because he hasn't been there. And, and it's been more novelty. I was happy about the concept. Forgot who the fuck this guy is. You know, just how competent he is, what he, what he occupies on this team. So, no, it, it's been a, a pleasant 
innocent surprise. You know, it's like finding like a $50 bill in my pants out of nowhere. It's like I, I should have remembered that it was there, but didn't. And it's just all upside at this stage. And on top of that, right, you, I, I honestly, even though we talk about it all the time throughout his injury and before, just how excellent his shooting stroke looks. I mean, my God, is that thing beautiful. It's, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. It's a joy to watch every single time. Joe, here's our personal one. I should be saving it to the last thing, but I can't. I need your opinion on it. So I've got a friend. I'm, I'm older, dude. You know, I've, I'm, I'm not in my 20s. I am, you know, further along down the line. So that's true for most of my friends. I've yeah, got a friend who is. As Gary Radnitz would say. Yeah, there, yes, exactly. I was searching for a better way to phrase that. We'll use that one. Yeah. I've, I've got a friend who recently bought a new home, doing fine. And they reached out to me this last weekend and let me know that they're moving in about six weeks and asked if I could help them. Joe, I call bullshit. All right. I, I don't know what the age is. I want to say it's somewhere like early 20s, mid 20s. But in my world, there's a certain age you hit where you're no longer allowed to help me move. I'll buy you pizza and beer. I think it's just bullshit. So I am also a little hyperbolic. I take things too fucking hard. Let me bring it to you, man. Is there an age where somebody can no longer ask you to move. And if there is, can I tell this dude, no? I mean, good friend, like really good friend of mine. What are my options here? I mean, like the reality is if you've got enough money to buy a home, you can figure it out on how you're gonna move all your crap over there. Like that's the way, look, me and my wife moved out of so many places before we bought our home, all right? And your boy had storage units all over the bay and she was pissed when I moved into the house. You know what I did? I took my Nissan Altima back and forth and back and forth and back and forth by myself. Now. Did my dad help me a little here and there? Absolutely. Did I get my brother to help me lift a, a bedpost or whatever? Absolutely. But I didn't have any money when we bought the house and I hold all the crap essentially by myself. I did all the boxing, the lifting there. My brother recently bought a house in Pacifica. All right, my brother, he got a kid. He's about to have a second kid. He goes, hey man, come on over. I go, bro, look man, your boy's almost 40. I ain't lifting shit, all right? I love you so much. I'll help move something once it's in the house. I'll help scoot it over. I'm not lifting shit. I'm not hurting my back. I'm not getting, he goes, oh no, we got movers. He said, I just want you to come over and smoke and chill. I'm like, oh, I'm in. Yeah, let's go. Okay. I happen to know that this person listens to the show. Let me go ahead and say, without saying their name, I'll come through and smoke and chill in a heartbeat. That sounds fucking incredible. But yeah, let's, we'll call it the butcher boy corollary. Like I, I will come and watch you do things while I'm hanging out, but I'm not going to help in any way, shape or form. That's okay. I'm on board for this. And I'll listen to all your grandiose things of, we're going to knock this wall down in four years. Oh, and then next shit. Year, like, you ain't doing none of this shit for the next 20 years. What are you, who are you kidding? You're not doing any of that stuff. Boy, here's the other bonus that I should not be throwing in there since I know he listens. I've seen pictures of the house that he's moving into. It's way nicer than mine. Joe, I'd like to be the kind of person who's just happy for him. I'm hella resentful. I hate it. I hate how nice the place is. It's kind of one of the reasons I don't want to help him move, but whatever. You know, he'll never find out, I'm sure. You know, this is what you guys Can you take do. this box to the eighth bedroom, please? Yeah, it really, it really is something like that. <laughs> careful oh, of no. the pool, you know, careful of the full court, basketball court in the back. It says West Wing, clearly. <laughs> oh, my God. Here's what you said to him, Bram. You know, you probably bought in this recent market. Your property tax is going to be significantly higher. Than you. So <laughs> I can always make my home nicer. <laughs> you will always be paying way more in tax because you waited way too long to buy your home. Here's a glimpse into the kind of sick fuck I am. We went, this is a while back uh, before the pandemic, but my wife and I went, visited a, a friend's house. It's brand new, super nice. It was nice enough where I considered it nicer than my own. And on the way back, I was saying things like, why did they have a staircase there? Like I was a fucking architect. Like I had like some semblance of like knowledge of why it would be. There. And Erica, my wife was like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, just like move on. You are a bitter piece of shit. Back to basketball. So I've got three questions here that are interrelated. They're the same type of question. And what they do is they give us three things and then ask us to only keep two of them, right? So cut one. Here's our first. This question gives us three names of players and says we can only keep two of them for the next, let's say, foreseeable future. Let's say it's for the next three years. Here's the first group. Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, James Wiseman. So Poole... Moody Wiseman, you can only keep two. Let's crescendo to you, Joe. Let's start with you, MT. Who are you cutting? Poole, Moody, Wiseman. Uh, I'm cutting Moody. I think Poole has showed that he, um, despite this recent slump, can 
be a legitimate um, six man of the year con- candidate and uh, most improved player if John Morant wasn't in the league doing what he's doing right now. Um, and then you can't give up on your number two pick. I think Wiseman has a special skill set and at his size that you just have to see that through. So unfortunately, I think Moses has to go. I'm cutting pool. And I think this might be stupid. I think I'm buying into the Moses highlights and all the numbers that are coming out of Santa Cruz. And I think they won't be able to afford Jordan. I think that he's going to see himself in an echelon of money that the Warriors aren't not going to aren't going to be able to necessarily match. And so if that's what's coming down the pike and we want to keep all these guys together, it's pool. I ask. And I I guess I should at least say I believe in Wiseman. And I have no reason to, you know, I think what I'm banking on is what Andre's told us that this guy's skill set's so good. He's going to shift focus back to the post, but who knows? Um, Maxime, keep your powder dry for the next one. Give us your response here, Joe. What do you think? Pool, Moody, Wiseman, who do you cut? Man, I mean, I love Moody. I mean, I've interviewed him. I thought he was really well put together. The kid reminds me of Paul George, like poor man, poor, poor man's version. Okay right now it's got to be Wiseman guys like I love Wiseman I love the potential I love all the thoughts big man knee injuries they might take two or three years to get out from underneath this I hate to say that like it just might I don't know if the Warriors are patient enough I love Wiseman today after seeing the knee injury and you're asking me gun to my head I'm just off today I'm probably going Wiseman but if look two months from now if he balls out I'll have a different you know, question, but like right now I'm just, I'm, I'm leaning Wiseman. I'm really worried about the knee. You don't like seven footers with lower extremity problems. That's not something that's a, a great combination for you. Big continent. Yeah. Bryant Reeves online too. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember kind of wanting him. I remember thinking he was going to be really good. Shocking that a humongously fat kind of unathletic white dude didn't really pan out in the NBA. Um, Maxime, let me give you three other names. I think this one's even harder than the ones we just went through. Great. So you can only keep two of the following three. Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kaminga, Draymond Green. Who do you cut? Man, this is a, a brutal question. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll expose my thinking as we're going here. I think it's pretty clear that you got to keep Draymond. Yes, he's at the sort of uh, tail end of his prime. Uh, the disc situation is uh, concerning, to say the least, but you also see the effect that his absence has had on this squad. The dude is running, you know, I mean, he's he's just an absolute genius, and we definitely miss him. And I think even if his role is diminished, as in the number of minutes he plays per game is diminished, so long as he's on the court, he's teaching people how to play, he's the foundation for what we're doing, he's absolutely critical. There's a reason that he's going to be an all-star, even if he might not be an all-star game. Just you know can't can't cut him so uh ultimately i think i'm also keeping kaminga i feel like there's just a little bit more upside there we've seen wiggins improve tremendously you know he's at this point a candidate for most improved player which is fantastic especially for a number one overall pick there's tons of reasons to be excited about it but look we're also seeing the absolute best version of him and i think at the end of the day you don't judge somebody on their best day and you don't judge somebody on their worst day wiggins is having his best day right now and i think kaminga is a type of person that could actually move us forward as a franchise not to mention his salary is going to be a lot lower um to your point about pool earlier so i think at the end of the day it's wiggins that i'm taking off spent that time trying to figure out a way to change my background you notice that my background hasn't shifted at all i have no idea how to fucking do it um i also haven't come up with an answer joe help me help influence what i'm going to say what's your pick out of these three I hate to be the bearer of bat, and it's, it's got to be Draymond. If, if we're talking in a couple years, I mean, mileage, man. Like, it, it, it's a real thing when it comes to these guys. Like, I'm worried about Steph Curry's mileage at this point. Like, I know on his particular curve, on his bell curve, you know, he's still excellent compared to the rest of the league. But he's having a down year. Mileage matters to me. Like, at some point, you do hit a wall. You can still be great, but you can't be as great as consistently as these guys have been. And I just worry about somebody who's banging with people six, seven inches taller, 50, 60 pounds heavier, you know, and the emotional and spiritual uh, toll that that guy plays with, that does wear on a person, man. I, I don't know. Like, I love Dre. We all do. But we know it's going to end ugly at some point, right? Like, we all do kind of know that when the day comes, he's not a warrior life. I love him. I want him to be. It just it feels like they're going to have some sort of a horrible breakup. He's the dude that burns your house down when you break up, too. <laughs> yeah. I think you're fucking right, and I don't want to say that. but I, I know. Right, I know. man. So, like, 
So here's why, here's what I think you're right about. I think that when his athletic decline happens, when he falls off the cliff, the face of that cliff is going to be sheer. It's going to happen overnight, you know, um, and you don't want to be left holding the bag when that happens. But the other side of the ball, what Maxime's talking about, having this guy up just a part of the, if, if we had some guarantee and you don't, but if you had some guarantee, he's willing to follow the Andre mold. You know, like, okay, you'll take a step back and maybe you'll take a little bit less money. Then it would be him without that guarantee. I mean, fuck, Wiggins is 24, I think. Kuminga's 19. I don't know. I mean, Draymond is, is older than either of those. I think if I had to give up one of them, it's Draymond, but it oh. kills me. It bothers me more than the location of that fucking staircase in my friend's house. Uh, Marcus, where are you on this? Uh, do we talk you into it? Who do you cut here? Wiggins is 26. Um, I was testing you and you passed my test. I just can't believe uh, these are Warriors fans that I'm in this. Just give your answer. Jesus. You guys are talking about getting rid of Draymond. What are you crazy? He's the heartbeat. Uh, You do not get rid of Draymond. He retires. I don't care how crazy that cliff is and how, how sharp that downfall is. You just, you keep him. Steph, Clay, and Dre have to retire as Warriors and not play in any other team. Even if um, it means Kuminga leaves? Even like if, if paying Draymond for another contract means you lose out on some of these other younger players, you're still on board for that regardless? I think so. I think you have to do it. I mean, uh, yeah. I, of those three, I cut Wiggins. Not because um, I don't think he's great and he's had a nice resurgence, but because Draymond is the heartbeat and Kaminga is, is the future. So I think you look in the middle, uh, Wiggins has had a great year and a half with us, but um, he's also underperformed as a number one pick. I don't think there you can argue against that, especially with his time in Minnesota. Um, he has a crazy contract. And I just think out of those two, I don't give up on the heartbeat. And I think then it becomes, do I look at the now or the future? And I look to the future. Let me ask you guys a philosophical question. Last 30 years, who are the lifers? As in guys who played for just that one team their entire time in the NBA? Not Dirk, many. Duncan. Duncan, yeah. Duncan, Ginobili. Ginobili. And who do everyone – everyone always tries to throw Tony Parker in there, but remember he bounced around at the end. He went to Charlotte, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Paul Pierce. Oh, he's going to be a Celtic lifer. Bounced around a lot at the end. The reality is, is – I don't think all three of those dudes are going to be warrior lifers. I think they're going to want to stay around the game. One of them, at least one of them, the probability is one of them. And I just, I believe me, Marcus, I'm with you. They should be, they should be by normal standards, warriors lifers. The probability of that, it's so hard, especially with the way the salary cap is right now. I don't know. This is a tough needle to thread is basically what I'm getting at. You're not wrong. And the thing is, is the Warriors are going to be punished for their own competency. Yes. Like what what most franchises don't have is somebody like Kuminga coming up as Draymond is subtly coming down. You know, that in order to keep all of these tools in their shed, some compromises are going to have to be made. If Draymond is willing to take less, you know, because he wants to be here for life, then of course, of course, of course, of course. But if it comes to who can you keep, I don't know, man. Like in in three, Marcus. I know you're not changing your answer, but I want to ask you this: In three years, who helps the Warriors win on the floor more, Wiggins or Draymond? I still think it's Draymond, because uh, we don't rely on Draymond to be an athletic player for us. Yes, we you do. know, like yes, we, we do. If if we no, don't, we we rely on him to be the brains. No, like, that's, I don't agree because if the his ability to switch on every position on defense, it's not that he's above average athletically, but it's that he still has his athleticism. If he loses that, if he starts losing a step and can no longer switch, if we don't have his body and we only have his mind, he is nowhere near the asset on the defensive side. We we still need him to be able to stand up and and play against much bigger people. I think you're, but you're telling, you're saying he's losing a step, but you're losing a step as the defensive player of the year. You step down from there. That's not, you're not going down to the worst defensive player in the league. Like you're going, you're still going to be an amazing defender. Maybe he can't switch out to everybody as well as he used to, but a step down from Depoy is still a really solid defender. Mark. I don't know if I agree, but hold on. Joe, as the body posture police, I can tell that Joe has a pressing <laughs> question here. Fuck him up, Joe. Hopefully this undercuts him. No, I love I love Marcus's point here. Oh, God damn it. There, there's an interesting, uh, like, I think Wiggins' contract it's this year, 
next year and then he's a free agent? Is that how it works? I think so too. Yeah. Right. I don't even know what they're going to do with Wiggins. Like at this point, like, do you let him walk? Do you, do you flip him before the deadline? Do you, cause you want to keep that, that max slot open. You got Jordan pool money coming up. It's like, we haven't even begun to discuss that, but I'm telling you after this year, depending on what happens, how they lose, how they win, there's going to be a lot of emotion attached into it. I think all the next year is Clay's coming off the books and Wiggins is coming off the books. And I don't think both of those guys are getting max money. I don't think Clay's getting max money this next time. And I definitely don't think Wiggins is either. But, like, what do you end up doing? I do think right. that that's a question coming up here. Yeah, I, I agree, and I'll save my fight with uh, – I just looked it up, too. It's um, He's got $33 million, uh next year, 22-23, uh-huh. and then he's an unrestricted free agent in 2023. You don't think that's going to be a hot topic, guys? Like, yeah. do you retain him? Do you flip him? Because you want to – they're so over the cap. You got – I think three players on max – is basically right near the 112 number, which is like your your bare minimum um, where you don't get another open slot. I, I don't know. I, I, I find the money thing the most fascinating part of the NBA right now because it's almost impossible to field a team with four superstars. They won't allow four max slots. They won't allow you. It makes it impossible to field the rest of the team. Building the present and building the future at the same time is hard for a lot of reasons. And you're identifying one of the biggest, you know, that they are going to have to, how do you allocate this money? Who do you placate? Edmund, and, and how do you keep these guys involved? Um, MT, we can explore our disagreement on a future podcast. Let me get to our last question. And if I'm being honest, it's the one I'm kind of most fired up for. So it, it keeps the same structure, right? Gives us three things, asks us to, to, uh, to cut one. But in this instance, it gives us three bad things and asks us to uh, cut one of them. So, for Wiseman, if he had these three things and you can only cut one of them, what would you cut? Thing number one, unexpected fucking knee surgery in December. Thing number two, dating a Kardashian. Thing number three, undisclosed drug problem. So he has all three of these things and you you wanna cut one of them. What would they be? To give you guys some time to think, I'll think it out. So, like, really, this is just underlining the problem with the with the the knee surgery. Because I think it might be number one. Like, I need some more details, right? What's the drug? If it's like crack, all right, we need to get the fucking you know, get that out of there. If it's weed, I don't necessarily care. If it's mushrooms, I don't really care. I need more news about which Kardashian too. You know, like just straightforward Kardashian isn't enough. But I'll tell you what, of these three. I think I cut the knee surgery. I think I'm okay if they had reported, look, he's he's doing drugs. We're not sure what it is. He also has a Kardashian in his life with a reality show coming. You know, I, I think I'd accept those before the knee swelling. We have no idea where this is coming. Joe, those are your three options. What do you cut? It's the drugs. I mean, like, I, I look at someone, think about this. In the NFL, Alden Smith, would you guys all agree? Hall of Fame talent. Sure. Hall of Fame level talent. And, and, and the bottle did him in. Like, there's just no other way of looking at it. The bottle did him in. Look at Chris Mullen. Chris Mullen does the Warrior games with my boy B every single day. If Don Nelson and him, oh, I don't, yeah, I'm probably not giving Chris enough credit. If Chris doesn't pick himself up by the bootstraps, is he a Hall of Famer? Like, nope. we know he had Hall of Fame talent. Like, I, I don't know. I've had a lot of addiction in my life. I'll take a knee surgery here and there. I mean, Joel Embiid had multiple knee surgeries and is one of the best players in in the game. It sucks. I don't like it. Believe me, I don't want any knee surgeries. And the Kardashian thing, that is a curse. But, you know, I mean, which one is he dating? Like, if he's dating the mom, right? If he's dating the mom, maybe she's less toxic and she's good with managing money, you know? Maybe she's good at trying to secure some of those bag deals for the Instagram like the other girls got going. So I don't know. That's an incredible take. Let the record reflect. I did not consider the mom Kardashian angle. So nicely played. I'm always and, looking for a money manager. Yeah, yeah I, I can tell. And we know you're good with the older demographic as we explored a little bit earlier. Maybe you went dancing with her during a wedding. We'll never know. Marcus, which one do you cut? Oof. I'm going to go with the Kardashian curse because <laughs> it's so real. It does. Every, I mean, people forget that Ben Simmons, you know, used to date one of the Jenners. So, you know, it's just it when it rears its head, it happens and it takes people down. James Harden wasn't James Harden for a while. We saw Lamar Odom go down. Ben Simmons, you know, Jordan Clarkson finally had recovered after years and now he's in Utah. So I just I take away the curse. And that's just assuming that the drug problem is a light one. Like he just 
likes extra strength Tylenol a little too much and we can wean them off. So it's not something too serious. I'm not sure they call that a drug problem. Yeah. Also, <laughs> let the record reflect that I'm surprised you didn't say something along the lines of like, and if it's Draymond Green, he'll probably still be the anchor of our defense when he's 75 years old and using that brain of his. But I, I got gotcha. you. Maxime, what if do you Draymond think? was dating a Kardashian, he would be fine. He can handle it. <laughs> he can handle anything. <laughs> he can handle anything. What are you cutting, Maxime? Listen, I just, I want to, I want to, I feel like we need to define the term drug, right? Because you just mentioned mushrooms. As far as I'm concerned, if somebody is taking mushrooms, that is an asset for the team. Just saying, <laughs> and right? I, and the, let's go ahead and say I didn't mean Tylenol. I feel like Marcus <laughs> didn't understand the question. I said you extra gotta, strength gotta, Tylenol. Yeah, we've got to introduce <laughs> way better drugs into Marcus's life almost immediately. <laughs> I tell you what, come with me when I go and help that friend move, and we'll, we'll introduce you to all the <laughs> Yeah, we got like right pitchers pitching perfect games on LSD. So I'm just saying, there's a big spectrum of what sure. could be the the quote unquote problem, right? Don't you like the idea of Joe showing up at his brother's house to help him move, and he's like, "Yeah, I came here to smoke," and his brother just hands him a bunch of extra strength Tylenol. He's like, oh, <laughs> "Have the time of your life." Dude. Right, sorry, I keep cutting you off. Go Sounds ahead. mellow. Yeah, you know the thing is, is I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking back to Wiseman's particular uh, mental aptitude, right? And like. I feel like he's a very intelligent man, and that would be super, super damaging to have to spend excessive time with the Kardashians. That's one of those things that like, I think could really implode your brain, uh, and it, it may be more difficult than somebody who's just a little bit more of like your average intellect. So, you know, I think to Joe's point, right? Joel Embiid's got problems for sure, but he's still fantastic. And if you just got one knee injury, we got a really good, you know, um, support staff to get him back on the court. I think the Kardashian is the one that I would cut. That is the most terrifying floor. Joe, final question. I'm going to put it just to you. Steph Curry in a slump? Were you worried about what's been going on this last, you know, two, three weeks? Well, like, okay, the analogy that I've used, yes, I do believe he's in, look, on his standards, by his standards, like that's, we're judging him by him. He is one of the greats of all time. It's like, Bonds had a down year. Yeah, he only hit 46 and, you know, batted 346 or whatever. He has a down year by his standards, still like a top three, you know, uh, year by anyone else's. I do believe he's in a little slump. Here's the analogy I would use, guys. in baseball, you see this happen. Guys go to the home run derby, right? And they kind of move their swing or their game to hitting home runs. And then they come out of the home run derby, and they're just a little off. It, it's it, it's not that they've changed. They're not physical. I like that. He just switched his background to the Tylenol. I like that a lot. I don't like that at all. Now I'm the only person left out. Fucking Joe has a dope-ass studio. You guys have all these backgrounds. Thank Fuck you. this video podcast. This whole, we're just erasing. You don't have to finish your answer, Joe, because we're erasing this whole podcast now. All right. No, but like, you know, like Bobby Abreu, you know, he comes out of, of, of the home run derby and he's just, he's got a little kind of hiccup in his swing, a little hole in it. I do believe psychologically and physically, he went out there gunning for that record. And I think he had some bad tendencies. And, and then I also just think he's just a little off. And that happens at times. Steph has had months where he's, you know, a little off. Not this bad as he's been over the last, I'd say, six weeks, guys six to eight weeks and overall the shooting percentages from pretty much everywhere are lower than what they normally are. I do believe he'll figure it out. I also think last year was such a perfect year. I mean, and for, for his year, he was shooting lights out uh, for a variety of reasons. He is getting a little older, but we also don't need him to find his groove on a nightly basis. I like what he did last night. He barely scored in that first half. He had a great floor game. Like he just let the game kind of come to him. And I think he's understanding how he can turn it on and off in terms of the shooting. I don't need to see him gunning 15 threes a game, guys. Like that's, to me, that's too many. Just like within the fabric of what he's trying to do. I want to see him go to the rim more. I'm sorry, a little convoluted, but that's kind of where I'm at with Steph. MT, does that speak to you? Or have you taken too many Advil and we've now have lost you to all coherence? It's Tylenol. Um, that was a joke. I, oh, my God. <laughs> um, I agree. I don't. I, is he in a slump? Yes, but I, I'm not panicked about it. I agree with Joe. I don't I don't think the amount of shots and the burden of the offense that he was carrying is sustainable. And it, I don't think it's our best version of our team. So, um, you know, getting Clay back takes some adjusting to. Um having a team that's overperforming and punching above its weight for what the expectations were is probably taking some adjusting to as well. Um, and you know, he's, he's 33 and, and I think defenses are also 
able to scheme a little bit better against him right now. You, you're starting to see uh, like teams like Detroit, even though they weren't the talent was a, there was a big disparity there. They were switching off in, in certain situations that um, don't allow for Steph to do what he has normally done throughout the past five, six years. So um, as the schemes change, Steph will have to change. And I just think it's, you know, that the law of averages will work itself out and Steph will be an MVP and still score about 26, 27 points. But um, I think if he scored 22, 23 and got more people involved, we probably would have an easier um, time dealing with the playoffs than if he shouldered more of that load. Yeah. I don't think there's any long-term concerns. Oh, you know, big picture, right? I mean, before the season started, if any of us had told us on January 19th, the Warriors would be 20 games over, you know, they'd be sitting at 31 and 11. Everyone would have said that that's ridiculous. They're, they're not going to be that good. And that we're sitting here and we're kind of frustrated by that position, you know, and that we're like looking back on, well, is Steph in a bad place? Only shows the incredible season they've already had and where our expectations have risen, you know? I mean, it's it's one of those good problems to have, I think. Joe, incredible. We love having you, man. Um, it's not just my mom and my family who thinks you're a great guest, and you're one of my favorite guests too. For those who need far more Butcher Boy Shasky in their life, where do they go? Well, you should already have it preset, but you need to be on 95-7 the game every single morning, six to nine, me and the guy who does, you know, Warrior pre and post with, with Chris Mullen, the Hall of Famer, and Darrell Wright. Bonte Hill, we're ready to strangle each other on a daily basis over is Steph really, really great or just a little bit great? Is Trey or Jimmy the quarterback? Is Buster Posey a Hall of Famer or did he not put together a comprehensive list? Or maybe we're talking about going to the movie solo. All those things can be found on 95.7 The Game. Which is a totally acceptable thing, by the way. I've been to oh, you're many all movies. Many movies solo. I have no yeah. problem with that. And it kind of helps with the, if you go with somebody, you have to have that like immediate conversation about the movie afterwards. Yes. And like, and that, th- that adds weird pressure for me. Like as we're walking out, I'm kind of thinking of the review that I want to go. And like, there's, there's an upside of just getting in and getting the fuck out. I eat by myself too. Have you gone to a movie on Tylenol, though? (laughs) Only regular strength, dude. I don't want to lose it in the theater. You know what I mean? I have to have somebody help me out of there. Have you guys seen Spider-Man? Oh, you guys, am I just the only comic book geek or no? I have not seen it and I am a huge comic book geek. I just haven't been to the theater yet because I'm, uh, I'm concerned about it. Don't give us any spoilers. Don't, no, don't fuck this up. I haven't gone either. I had, your boy had the, the, the Rona caught up to me and the whole family and he's locked <laughs> into the house and I'm dying to go see it. And my wife doesn't want to go with me. So I'm probably going to try to cut out tomorrow afternoon and go check it out before basketball practice. You're lucky I'm not dressed as Spider-Man for this fucking podcast, dude. If you're looking for a judgment about being a, Come no. geek, you've come to the no. wrong guy. Yeah, it just it just is. If I haven't communicated to you that I'm essentially a loser, dude, like I I then I have not been doing my job. I will do better next time. Oh, I love it. I'm a Star Wars nerd too, and Bonte makes fun of me. I'm like, hey, dog, like that's what we grew up with. Ghostbusters, Star Wars, like that was and Conan the Barbarian. Like that was my jam, dude. Come on, I'm old. Sorry. Uh, if you're looking for judgment, you've come to the wrong place for <laughs> us. You want to shoot us a question that we can answer. Let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job. Reach out on our email, which is huddle at warriorshuddle.com. Boom. Our only social media presence is on Twitter. We are at Warriors Huddle. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, see you next week. Good, good.